there tonight, the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We'll start reading in verse number 17. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 17. If you would, when you found your place, if you would stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God there tonight. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. There tonight we'll be thinking and going back and thinking about Abraham and how God had asked for him to sacrifice and give up his only begotten son. If we're just a few minutes there tonight, as the Lord allows us, as we think about obeying by faith. Let's pray. Our most kind and gracious and dear Heavenly Father, the Lord, we thank you once again for this privilege we have to be back in your house here tonight. We thank you for all the many blessings. We thank you most of all for salvation. Father, I pray that you forgive us for times we have failed you. Lord, forgive us for our sins. Lord, take the reading of your word here tonight. Bless it and use it as you see fit. Lord, hide me behind the cross, dear Lord. Let us take the reins of the service. Let all of us do as you would have us to do here tonight. And Father, give us the tenderness we need to discern thy will and the strength that we need to follow it through, dear God. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory and honor for all things. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated there tonight. In Hebrews chapter 11, we see the New Testament referencing back what took place in the book of Genesis in chapter number 22. And that's where we'll be spending most of our time there tonight in the book of Genesis chapter number 22 and verse 1, you would find the account of the offering of Isaac. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. It said, It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. We'll be off reading there for now. The first thing I want you to notice tonight in verses 1 and 2 we notice the solemn request. Of the Lord. It's interesting that we see and we look at the word that was said here in verse number one. It said that God did tempt Abraham. This is the same word that means to tempt, to try, or to prove. That's all expressed by the same word in the Hebrew that we see in the Old Testament. It is a test of faith that God has given to Abraham. Let me bring this up here tonight and say this if you were to go to someone and you were to say, I love you. That's saying and and telling them that you do. But you also show that you love that person by going out and completing some type of action for them. Think about your family at home. Yes, you love your family, but you demonstrate it day by day in the things that you do. Whether it be getting doing the job, providing for your family, helping out with the household chores. You can fill in the blank with all the things that you do. You're demonstrating that you love them by your actions. In much the same way that we see this being mentioned here, God is asking him to demonstrate his faith. He has given Abraham a trial. And notice it is not an easy trial. It is a difficult trial. Abraham, the one who had been given the promise by God, the one who was chosen to which God was going to raise up a people, the one who God had promised he was going to have the son in his old age, is now being asked to offer up 
the very person, the very son, the very one that was supposed to be the seed of the promise. The person that was going to be offered was his only son. Not a ram or a bullock. That would have been something that he would have been easily would have done from day to day. Didn't even say it was going to be a servant. No, but rather it was his own flesh and blood that God had asked for him to offer up. Also notice, say, take now thy son, thy only son. Now you and I know, just to go back and find out, that there was a son before Isaac by the name of Ishmael. What about him? What about that reference that be there? It have to be said there tonight that Ishmael was a product of his unfaithfulness, a product of some sin that he did. He went out and he tried to help God out by, going, by listening to his wife and doing his own thing. But God, because God doesn't remember sin, didn't remember the son that was there because that was not the promise that was going to be there. He remembered Isaac was going to be the one of the promise. God forgets the sin, but he remembers the promise that we see here that he gave to Abraham. I want you to notice something about the place. Not only is God giving him the solemn request and asking him to offer up his son, he's saying go three days away. It had been very easy just to go over to the next holler or the next valley or even on the hill right there or even close by to where he would have had his typical worship place. But no, God asked him to go three days away. And he says in verse number two, he said, Whom thou lovest to get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Get into Moriah, getting there to the place that was going to be that he had chosen, that he had designated. Moriah, Mount Moriah. Moriah in the Hebrew means chosen by Jehovah. It was a chosen and a designated place that God had commanded Abraham to go to. It's a place near where Christ died on Calvary. It's a place where the temple was going to be built and there was going to be sacrifices that were going to be offered there and as well as the ultimate sacrifice that was going to be for all eternity. It had symbolic meaning that was there. And three days, well, if you think about that, that's a long time to think about what you're doing. You've been asked something hard to do. You've got a long time to sit there and to process it and to think about it. And that brings us almost in where the next point is about to get ahead of myself. But notice also the manner of the offering. It said, offer it him for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains. Not just going out and taking his life unceremoniously or just taking it at a whim but with all the pomp and circumstance and the reverence that he would have given when offering a lamb for that burnt offering and sacrifice to God. Abraham knew exactly what this was entailing. Abraham knew exactly what God was asking him of. Not only we see the solemn request, but also notice the surrendering of the man. Verse number 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning. We don't even see where he even hesitated. We don't even see where he even questioned or debated. I don't know about you, but if somebody was to ask something that tall of an order to me right there, I'm going to say, hold on just a second. I'm going to have to think about this. I'm going to have to contemplate this. You're asking me to do a hard thing. You're asking me to do something and give up the only son that I love, the one that's going to be my heir, the one that is my everything. You know how it is for those of you that have children. You know what your children mean to you. Now think about that, him being the only child. And yet we see no hesitation here. Abraham has learned through his journey so far that anything that he has put his faith in God to do, God has done it. God has not failed him. He's not argued, he's not debated, but faith had taught him to obey right away and without questioning. Can't help but think about other folks in the scripture. Other people there who were given a command to go to do something not even as difficult as this would have been. 
But yet even they didn't follow through. We think about 1 Samuel 15 and verse number 22. Famous verse when Samuel the prophet was going up to King Saul. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. It is better to listen to what God is asking you to do than to try to go out and question, to debate and to argue, but to have the faith to go out and follow immediately what He is asking you to do. Not diddle-dally and beat around the bush. For three days, as we see in verse number 4, verse number 3, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God had told them. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham... Of course, rightfully deserving his place in the hall of faith, rightly deserving his place as one of the great patriarchs of old. But he's still just a man. He's got the same flesh you and I have. He's subject to like passions you and I are. He has the same emotions you and I have. Love, anger, fear, hate. You can just imagine for three days going along their way and knowing that at the end of that journey that he was taken with his own son with him. And he was having to go there to make that sacrifice. Three days to sit there and think about it. Three days for the devil to come and get on your shoulder and get on your mind. And to place those thoughts in there and start questioning saying, Why are you going to follow through with this? You don't have to do this. You don't have to go three days. But yet he deliberately had faith and he obeyed. He had resilience. He had devotion. And he even noticed in verse number 4. 4 and 5, it said, On the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place so far off. And Abraham said unto his young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. He had so much faith that he even told his servants, I and the lad are coming back to you. He knew that he was going there to offer Isaac up. But as we saw in Hebrews chapter 11, he had enough faith that even if Isaac was to die, He knew that God had the power to raise him back from the dead. He had faith that God, even though he was asking something great of him, it would have meant potential loss. It would have meant sacrifice. But God was able to restore whatever he lost. God was able to take that sacrifice for his honor and for his glory. And he had faith to follow it through. Not only do you see the surrender of the man, but notice the sorrowful climb up the mountain. Verse number 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And when they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Thinking about, not only have they gone three days, but now he's seen that mountain afar off. Now you've got to climb up that mountain. I used to be in a lot better shape than I am right now, unless you consider round a shape. But even when I was in shape, climbing a mountain was no easy feat. It always took some work. Even if he was in shape, depending upon the mountain that you were going to climb, especially if it was rugged, it was going to take a lot out of you endurance and strength and energy to climb up that mountain. Now add to the fact that on top of this mountain, you're being asked to do something that is going to be very difficult for you to do. It's already intimidating enough. And most of the time, you're not inclined to go up the mountain anyway, and you're going to be less inclined when you're asked to offer up your son. 
but yet he still climbed up that mountain. And notice that he also lays the wood upon his own son. Do you know all of this is a picture and a type of Christ and what he was going to be doing for us. And he took and laid that wood, the very wood that he was supposed to die upon, just like Christ was going to carry the wooden cross that he was going to die upon up the mountain as well. Isaac is carrying it up. And he's symbolic of the cross, but also you think about the wood representing sin, representing the, what needed to be dealt with that was there. Abraham also is taking fire. That's a symbol of judgment. Abraham also took a knife, which is a symbol of death. But yet, you know, it's also interesting to look. Notice the son's question that we see here in the scripture. Verse number 7, Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? He posed the question, and Abraham so tenderly replied, and unknowingly, unwittingly laid out the prophecy that there was going to be a lamb that God was going to provide. But Isaac sees the judgment. Isaac sees what's there, but he's asking, Where's the sacrifice? He's seen his dad on many occasions go and offer a sacrifice unto God. No doubt Abraham had been teaching his son about the God that he worshipped and what was right and what was wrong just as any parent would teach their children. Isaac knew what the typical thing to do was. And he asked, you know, where's, where's the lamb? You know, we've got the wood, we've got the fire. Where's the sacrifice? What it is there? And Abraham said, of course, as we see my son... God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. We see no mention of Isaac ever resisting or Isaac ever questioning any further. But Isaac here, being again a type of the Christ, one who was willing to lay down his own life. Even when we see that he was taken and bound, Isaac his son. We see no mention that he resisted being bound. But no doubt understood and saw the faith that Abraham had took hope and took root in the same faith that he had in his own life and was going to be a willing sacrifice that was going to be there. Just as Christ was faithful unto death. Here we see that Isaac was willing and going to be faithful unto death as well. Not only we see the sorrowful climb up the mountain, but also notice the sight of God's redemption. Verse number 11, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram that was caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. I got to thinking about this. You know, they had a long climb that went up the mountain that was there. And it doesn't say where that ram came from, but I've often started wondering here as I was studying this, I wonder if that ram wasn't on the other side of the mountain making its way up at the same time. At the very same time, he was making the climb to the top. And God already knew what he was going to do. And he was preparing that sacrifice to be ready. That just in the nick of time, when it seemed like all was going to be lost and he was going to have to offer up Isaac, his son, as the offering, God stopped him from there at that point and said, and I know now that thou fearest God, and at that point, God allowed that ram to appear, stuck and caught in the thicket, stuck and caught, ready to be taken. That was there. God provided himself a lamb for sacrifice. God provided the lamb that was going to be the redemption for him that was there. 
God never intended for Isaac to be sacrificed. He was after Abraham. He was there for Abraham to show and prove that he had faith in God, that he was willing to obey by faith. Nothing wavering, but was ready to go the entire way. God was preparing that ram all along for the redemption for Isaac that day. Just like all along for back in the very beginning, when man sinned and fell in the garden, he made a promise that there was going to be a sacrifice one day. Why? Because it was not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats is going to wash away sin. It would cover it up and hide it for a while. But God still demanded justice for sin. God is a holy God. And because of that, He prepared a sacrifice that was going to be perfect, that was going to be spotless, and that was going to be blameless. And that sacrifice was going to handle once for all eternity and for all mankind that ever has been and that ever will be. Isaiah chapter number 53. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Isaiah chapter number 53, start reading in verse number 5, and it said, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. Christ was going to be that lamb. Just as God had asked Abraham to send his only begotten son, God himself also provided his only begotten son to go and bear our sin debt upon the wooden cross to bear the judgment and to die, but not only die, but rose again the third day and ascended to the right hand of the Father where he sits there today still making intercession for us. Showed his blood before the holiest of them all and made that sacrifice to them. But I also noticed in this redemption that was there that Abraham, he had passed the trial. He had proved his faith. He had proved his love to God. God provided that lamb which was the type of Christ and the sacrifice of redemption that was there. But you know, we see also in this verse we see, in verse number 16 and verse number 15 that's there, 14 to 15, my Bible page got turned there. It said, Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Jehovah-Jireh means the Lord will provide. He provided the sacrifice that day for Abraham, and he's provided a sacrifice for you and I. Abraham, you would see, and lastly or not, had the sweetness of God's reward. Verse number 15, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself... Have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young man, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. We see that God rewarded him for his faithfulness. God was testing him to see if he was willing to give up the most important thing in his life. The most thing that he would have loved at that point in time. And he was willing to give it up. And because he was willing to give it up, not only did he get his son back and redeemed, but he also got a promise that was greater. We see there that God swore by himself. Why? Because he could swear by no greater thing. There's no greater thing in this universe. No greater thing upon this earth. 
In Hebrews chapter number 6 and verse number 13, we see this even mentioned there in the scripture. Hebrews 6, 13 says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For man verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God will and more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunners for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You and I have got a forerunner that's gone before us. Just as Abraham had demonstrated his faith, had he obeyed in faith without question, without wavering, and went out and thus obtained the promise. You have to ask yourself, what is God asking you to give up tonight? What is He asking for you to be willing to give up to Him? Not because He wants what you're holding, but He wants you. He wants you to do what He's called you to do. I believe that each and every person has got a certain calling on their life. Not everybody's meant to be a preacher or a teacher, missionary. But God puts you in the places that you need to be. At just the right time, at just the right place, and He's got a mission for you, and that's to be a witness for Him. Where we go, and many times just living our lives, I've heard it said, and I believe that oftentimes, our lives are the only Bible that some people ever read. We can know by the fruit and know that we are a Christian. God promises by Himself. Likewise, God promised the Savior. Two immutable things, Himself and Himself. You know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. This world may have changed. Your situation may have changed. Your life may have changed. This nation may have changed. All things go through a time of change. But He's the changeless one. The one who stays current. The one no matter what time it is. The one who's always going to be there when all other things have passed away. Abraham received a great reward there tonight. And you and I have an opportunity to reap a great reward as well. If we live by faith, strive for the goal, there's going to be a great reward we're going to have at the end. We were talking about it back in the beginning. There's a place that's going to be our home. There's a place that we have to look forward to. They can have everything in this world. But give me Jesus and give me what's over there. You and I, God is asking us to do something. What are we holding on to? What are we not willing to give up? Mark chapter 8 verse number 36 said, For what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. There are a lot of people out there that they're striving to get as much money as they can. There's a lot of people out there that's striving to get every bit of power that they can and authority. There's a lot of people out there that's trying to get them a, a carved a name of honor upon this earth that people might remember them for ages. They want to make their so-called mark upon history. But may I say to you there tonight that there have been no greater man than we read about in this Bible that stood for God and made their mark upon history and have laid out and carried on so that you and I one day by the grace of God would also be able to pick up the mantle, be able to pick up where they left off and continue to step forward and continue to march on and carry the bloodstained banner high for God. What is he asking you to do? What is he asking you to give up? I didn't have it here tonight, but I got to thinking about an illustration that was done in a chapel service when I was just a kid at the elementary school there in Nashville Temple. 
And I don't remember the exact service, but I guess I remember it particularly because I happened to be the kid that was near the front row that he picked to come up and asked to help him out with an example. And I remember walking up there and he held out a penny. He said, here, I want you to hang on to that and hold it real tight in your hand. And so I grabbed that penny and I held it real tight. Didn't really fully understand what was happening that time. I was probably about six or seven years old. And I held that penny there and he continued to preach a little bit. And I was just standing there up in the front, just standing there holding the penny. Thinking, well, where's this, where's this going with this? What am I supposed to do? But I just stayed real still. And after a bit, he came back down and he said, Now, you've got that penny still, right? I said, Yes, sir, I do. I've still got it here. But you're holding on to that penny so tight, you don't have an open hand to get anything else, do you? He said, What if I was to offer you a dollar instead? Would you want to give up that penny and take a dollar? I said, Yes, sir, I sure would give up a penny and take a dollar. That's what I did. But as long as I held a closed hand, and held on to what I had, I couldn't get something better that he was trying to give to me. It's the same way when it comes to the things of God. If we're hanging on to something so tight and don't want to let it go and don't want to give it up, we don't have that open hand to receive whatever he's got that's going to be even a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times better than what we were hanging on to. He's got a reason and a plan for everything. And it may not always be apparent. It may not always happen after the fact. But like Abraham... He had faith that God was going to do exceedingly and abundantly and above and beyond what he thought, what he knew, and God delivered and did even better than what Abraham could have thought. By faith he believed that God was going to raise Isaac from the dead. God provided himself a substitute and a redemption for Isaac, so he kept Isaac, didn't have to have him back from the dead, and because he was faithful to the end, Never questioned God. Never turned back. No doubt he would have had the opportunities that was there. God richly rewarded him and blessed him and gave him something better because he was willing to give up that which he had. It's not always easy to give up things. There are things that mean a lot to us. And we think oftentimes, especially when I was a kid, I always would see an idol and different things that was mentioned in the Bible and I would picture some Buddha statue or some big mean looking statue or maybe there's something like you would see in Egypt and you think about those so-called gods that you would see and you think about that being an idol. You think about people praying before them and such. But you know, an idol doesn't always present itself like that. There are things in this life that if we allow it to come between us and God, if we allow it to take our time, energy, and attention, it can become an idol to us. There's nothing wrong in and of of itself when it comes to objects and things that's there, but it's all in how you use them. That piano right there can be taken and used for the glory of God. Just like a piano can be taken and used for other things with other genres of music and different things that's out there. It's about the person that's going to be using it there. Likewise, whatever you've got in your life that you're hanging on to, that you're giving your attention, and it's distracting you from God, and it's become an idol that's there. Be willing to let it go. Be willing to give it up. Be willing to obey by faith. Be willing to give up whatever God is asking you to in this life. Be willing to take that journey, to take the hard steps, and have your faith that God is going to do far above what you would think or expect or even begin to dream about. Brother Seth, would you come to the piano there tonight? Maybe there's something in your life that you need to... You need to give up to Him. Maybe there's somebody that you know of that you need to pray for and that you need to know that God needs to get a hold of them, someone that's backslide, someone that's lost. Maybe God's spoken to you about something else. Maybe you want to pray for revival. Whatever it is, 
come to the altar there tonight and lay it before God. Let us be willing to give up whatever little thing it might be, whatever small thing that God has asked us to do. And ask for the strength and the faith that Abraham had that we can obey so blindly in faith and go and do what God would have us to do. Oh God, we come before you tonight. We thank you, dear Lord, for all of your blessings. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the patriarchs of old. Lord, the examples of old. Lord, our forefathers, dear God. Our grandparents, our parents, those that have reared us up, those that have brought us to church, those that have taught us the right from wrong, those that have taught us and demonstrated in their life about the faith. But God, help us tonight, Lord, to be willing to surrender all to you, to give everything to you and be willing not to hold anything back. And Lord, be will help us to have the open hands to give up what we are so selfishly hanging on to and give it all to you so that we can get something far better from you in return. God, we're thankful that you're always faithful to us. Even though that we failed, dear God, and we're not always faithful in return. We mess up, but I'm thankful that you're still there. That you give us second chances and third and fourth and fifth chances, dear Lord. Lord, you love us as a father loves his son. And God, I pray that you would just help us, dear God, to be willing to go and take the journey and go by faith. Help us, dear Lord, to see that you're able to deliver us through whatever trial through whatever temptation, through whatever struggle that we have before us. Lord, help us to see that once we get on that mountaintop, Lord, we can see that all along the journey was about us growing closer to you. The journey was all about us showing how much we loved you and how faithful we wanted to be to you. God, help us now. Help us as we get ready to leave this place, as we go to our homes, our destinations, and wherever you may take us throughout the week. Help us, dear Lord to hold our heads high, to be encouraged, Lord, to be strengthened, and Lord, to be a witness for you in a lost and a dying world. Father, we thank you for everything that you have done for us, what you are doing and what you promise you shall do. We love you, Lord Jesus, for to Jesus' name we do ask and pray. Amen. Amen.